day we hoistling at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pitards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything ado with first episodes of a filmic series. I'm Mo, and joining us as always are co-hoisters Drew and Jimbo. For folks new to the show, disclaimer, petard is absolutely non-discriminatory, and it is a real word. Petards are explosive devices usually used to take out a door or wall. Thank you, Jimbo. And to be hoisted on a petard is to be hurt or destroyed by one's own plot or device intended for another. And here at Pilots and Petards Podcast, we watch television pilots or the first episode of a series, and we make critical judgments. We decide whether these pilots are awesome and deserve a watch or a rewatch of the preceding series, or we hoist these pilots on their own petards. To hoist or not to hoist, Jimbo, that is the question. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the intense drug-cooking drama Breaking Bad will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. For our background, I watched the first season and got bored with the second season, so I quit watching. Drew watched the first five-ish episodes in Mozambique, but it wasn't the escape show he was looking for, so he quit watching. And Mo is coming in today with a raging nostalgia bone. And now for a summary. Walter White is absolutely miserable. He hates his life and his two jobs. To make matters worse, he finds out he is terminally ill with an untreatable cancer of the lung. In the face of death, he decides to team up with an ex-flunky student, Jesse, to cook in his tidy whities of course, and sell meth to leave his family with money. Shit hits the fan. Tune in to see if Walter and Jesse can avoid those petards. All right, so we got some high points, and uh, Mo, as has become our custom, why don't you lead off the high points? Sure. I just can't think of this pilot separately and apart from the rest of this series because it was so such a, an amazing series, and there's so many high points here that set the tone for all the things that I know happen later on, so it's so hard for me. But I, I've got to give it up. I mean, Walter is just an obvious high point. His entire evolution in a, in a 45 minute pilot was it 40 it's an hour actually huh 58 minutes it's a long pilot it is. but he just goes through so much in those 58 minutes and you really feel it so he's pretty amazing and walt walt jr is also he has a strong presence in this first one too um i appreciated first of all that the cast was so diverse in having somebody that's you know handy capable and I just love that. And then the beautiful sunsets in New Mexico <laughs> or sunrises, sunsets, you already kind of get a sense for those. I don't know. My mind's all over the place with the high points. There there was a lot of high points. That, that's a high point. The thing, the thing that I loved about Walter White is he is an absolutely miserable person. Like he hates his life. He hates his jobs. He pretty much hates everything about life he practically doesn't care when he finds out he's dying it's almost like it's a he even tries to kill himself at one point in the show but well, it does he? at the end the gun, he does. The gun was locked yeah the gun was on safety oh yeah okay continue and so yeah i think just him being absolutely miserable in life was awesome he's good at it I, I want to, oh yeah, I want to second what Mo said. Like the arc of Walter White over the 58 minutes long pilot was awesome. Um, Cranston, like the actor, just does such a good job grounding Walter White in like that miserable place that Jimbo talked about in like the first 10 minutes. And he's so believable in that place that when he unravels over the course of like the following like 35 ish minutes, you're right there with him. So I completely agree. I think that. The arc of Walter White is a huge high point and could have been an MVP, but I'm going to save that one for uh, 10-ish minutes from now. The actual filming process is really well done in this pilot, like the the scene where they're actually cooking the meth. And I don't know, it just they set the scene so well in the way they choose their camera angles and the lighting and and everything. That scene was really cool. Walter White is also a super nerd. Not only does he cook meth and tidy whities, but he's all about safety and he's all about like he's he's so excited to have these really cool like chemistry equipment. And then and then Jesse's just like, dude, 
jamming out with his Walkman. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Jimbo, I was going to say my inner Cyclops was going crazy because I would also appreciate chemistry like tubes and stuff like that. Like, why not be a safe meth dealer? I don't see a reason not to use safety equipment when cooking meth. You saw it as a huge nerd moment. I saw it as like a super reasonable moment. I was like, good call. It's a good idea when you're cooking that meth. Drew, reasonable people don't cook meth. So that, that's well, like a, you know, a paradox. I But I, I love the premise of this show because I think... So do I. I think before this, but before this show came out, I, I think in college, my buddies and I had a joke where we were like, man, if like meth heads in the mountains of Appalachia blowing themselves up or making meth, like what if we normal people just made some meth? And I feel like, you know, normal, not meth heads making meth would have used some safety equipment. But I will give this to Mo. Um, after watching that scene where it was all the awesome camera shots, yeah, I don't think my friends and I could have made meth just because we're not, <laughs> you know, meth heads. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a good shot. It's a good scene. Dude, and, and we haven't got to it yet, but it's extremely illegal to get the thing you need to make meth. So reasonable people don't have access to high volumes of illegal products either. I'm pretty sure he stole it from the chem lab from the high school. Oh, okay. He didn't cool. steal the – no. Yeah. Jesse the must chemicals? The chemicals? Oh, okay. Well, the chemicals were all labeled. There's a black market. Also, can we just give a shout out to the pharmaceutical company who legally makes these kinds of things and actually makes a profit? Why? Why Why would we give them a shout out? Because fuck them. Maybe a big fuck you to them. Yeah, there's an, yeah I think it was an ironic shout out. Um, I think – don't you make meth out of don't you make meth out of Sudafed and that's why if you buy Sudafed at Target they'll come look at you and be like you don't look like a meth head. Thank you for buying Sudafed. Only if you buy like the entire supply of Sudafed. I don't think you can buy Sudafed. Yes, you can. You can buy Sudafed. You just can't I buy agree. I agree like with copious most of amounts like the entire supply. Or they'll you'll get flagged if you hit up every Walmart within like a hundred miles to buy their Sudafed. Because that's what they—that's what historically has been done by drug cookers. Meth heads. Yeah. Meth heads. Yeah. Is that the—is that the—is that the term we're using? We're gonna have to use that phrase a lot in this Breaking Bad episode. Meth heads. Meth Damon. Meth Damon. There wasn't actually any meth heads in the episode. I thought uh, Aaron was a little bit of a meth head, and that dude who was chopping some Emilio, chili powder and some meth. Yeah, Emilio Asian, seemed to be the Asian Latino. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> Those guys probably are. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's like, you know, 30% of the cast. Okay. I would like to talk about my high point because it kind of jumps in with Mo's little side point, high point. And I call out, like, the musical cues. You know, there's a lot of good attention to detail. But, Jimbo, I'm surprised you didn't notice it because it kind of seemed after almost every, like, scene change or before something dramatic happened, there would be, like, 10 to 15 seconds of like just some kind of like non-verbal music like just a little interlude and some of them were really funny like when he's leaving the school it's like kind of a corny you know like wah, wah, wah. but then like when he was like driving away with the dead gangsters in the back of the car it was like real hardcore like almost like rap metal so i think there was like maybe they were subtle because maybe you didn't notice them but i was just like oh like there's a lot of good attention to musical detail here I did not notice any of the music whatsoever. Well, there were big stretches where the silence was there, and that was powerful. You know, like, that's good editing. So, I mean, I think, yeah, if you ask me, like, what was bigger, the silences, like, the awkward silences in this show versus the music, like, of course the silences are what stand out, but the music was fun, and the shots were great, like Mo was saying. Like, he's leaving the bank, and there's that scene in the parking lot with the beautiful mountains in the background, and, you know, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on, and... I think attention to detail on a pilot is kind of indicative of how good the show will be. And so if some things are sloppy or you're just not really buying it, of course, you know, it starts with the small things, in my opinion. Totally. It just sets the stage so well. In a place that you wouldn't, it would be unassuming, like Albuquerque, you would think is boring and ordinary, which you do get that sense, but you're still so intrigued and interested in understanding his life here. But mostly because he's <laughs> cooking meth chem teacher to meth cooker yeah this this is a very tight pilot episode the high there there's a lot of high points as as mo said and i i'm like juggling you know the high points i thought the characters 
are really well developed. Not just Walter White. Jesse's well developed. The family members are well developed. The characters are strong. Either the characters or the opening are my high points. And so we kind of talked about Walter White. So I'm going to say the opening. The opening gets you right into the mix. And I think the opening, the best thing the the opening does is it sells you on what's going to happen. Because there was a, a stretch after the opening where it's fairly boring, kind of a drawn out exposition. If you don't start with that with that in the moment scene, I think a lot of viewers are not going to stick around for that. The opening buys you in to be able to stick around and look at Walter White's boring, miserable life. And I really love that boring aspect, but I think the opening is what sets up for that boring aspect to be successful. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Jimbo, because I, I think this show is the first time I ever watched um, a TV series where they actually tell you the ending first and then build up to that. I, I don't know if other shows... Well, have done that but for me that was like a lasting impression and so when i saw it again i was like oh yeah i remember yeah i just want to put in there mo that like i in terms of like the opening i talked to my students about this um it's kind of like this storytelling device meaning in media race so it's latin for like in the middle of and so it's kind of like in a cool book or an awesome movie if you see the coolest part first you know, and then all of a sudden it screen goes black and it's like three weeks earlier. It's kind of like a trick to like pull you in and suck you in real fast. So, but it could be a really yeah, that's cheap what, well, trick, that's, but this it's well done. It's a well done trick yeah. here. It's a, okay. it's a trick, but, but the reason I'm saying the opening is so good is because without that trick, it's going to be a really boring, slow start to a show that some people might not stick out. What do you think about that, Drew? So, Jimbo, I'll say, I mean, it's boring, but it's also real in a way because, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm the co-hoister that has a mortgage and a kid and stuff. And so, like, the thing is, you do talk to your spouse about those things. Like, I have had a conversation with Tori where she's like, did you spend twenty three seventy seven at Target? Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Why? And then there are those talks. So, I mean, some parts of it were so freaking real and so freaking boring, but, like, you know, that minutia of daily life does wear on you and grate on you. And like, you know, you're staring down the barrel of like 30 years of a career. So that part was real. And tropes are tropes and um, cliches are cliches because they work. Um, and, you know, sometimes we say that word like it's a dirty word. It's not like they used a storytelling device. As Mo has pointed out, they executed very well. I'm good on my high point. How are you guys on your high points? So, Drew, why don't you start us off on your low point? Because I have a feeling that you just turned my high point into a low point. So so let's roll with that. I mean, I only threw that one out there because it's a trope and it's a cliche and it's fine. But, I mean, all storytelling is emotionally manipulative. I'm fine with the fact, Jimbo, that you were pointing out how boring the part right after the beginning is. Maybe forgive that low point. There are so few low points that my low point is a lack of low points, if anything. <laughs> I put it in there because I yes. felt like there was pressure from my fellow hoisters. You guys are – it's a pretty shallow low point. So, Mo, what's your, what's your low Get point? Get in there, Mo. So, anyway, okay, so my low point was also a stretch, but I forgot how much fucking anxiety this show gives me. It is just – Yes. Is, is, that, is that a low point that sounds almost like a high <laughs> no, point? No, it is a low much, point. Though. It's too much. Like, my heart was just beating out of my chest when those punks were trying to be mean to Walt Jr., like the moments oh, like yeah. that or moments where Walt was cleaning that douchebag's tires at the car wash or I just fuck that kid. Oh my God, it makes fuck me like him. so because I am so invested in his shitty, miserable life and I just want it to be better. And then so those moments, I honestly it, it was too much for me. And I forgot how much genuine anxiety that this show gives me. I would have put both of those into my high points. I thought those were well done. They were well done. I thought I thought those went to the to the character development. I wouldn't consider them low. I mean, it's only low because my heart can't handle it. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I I'm with Mo on this one because of my background with this show. I tried to watch this show in Mo's. I got like seven episodes in. Really intense shit happened. So I mean. I don't necessarily know. I mean, anxiety is a good word for it because, like, this show will just take you on a roller coaster and put you in really uncomfortable places. 
So many feelings. Maybe sometimes I want to watch TV and not be uncomfortable because maybe <laughs> my interactions with other human beings are uncomfortable. And maybe like the daily world and the political world that we live in is hella uncomfortable. So I'm with you, Mo, that a low point was that this show makes you think some uncomfortable shit and like look at some uncomfortable situations. But Jimbo, I mean, that's also a high point because good art makes you think and good art makes you feel. But sometimes fun art lets you zone out. It's just too many feels. It was a lot. But it's exciting. What do you think, Jimbo? I mean, how did it make you feel? Were you uncomfortable during the show at all? No, I would say I was definitely uncomfortable in where where those kids at the store are, are making fun of Walt Jr. But not but not uncomfortable where I can't watch the show. But like yeah, like my first thought is, dude, that's fucked up. I hate I hate people that do that shit. And then I continued watching the show. The other scene where like his students like taking pictures of him while he's washing his car. To be honest, I was just like Oh, is this Glee again? Like, oh, the teacher is so poor he can't he can't fix his muffler on his car. Wait, maybe that. So I actually thought that was kind of a low point. Well, maybe this is a low point because like I was trying to do some of the math in my head, and I was like, he's a teacher. I guess they have a mortgage. It doesn't seem like your kid goes to private school, but maybe there's medical costs associated with the son. Could be. But and I I guess they're having another kid, so they want to save. But I was like, how in hawk are they like? And also, it seems like she has a side, like a side hustle with like her internet thing, and I guess her short story writing. But why doesn't she have a part time job? I guess like wouldn't that if they're struggling be better than hard. yeah? Yeah. But I mean, okay. But I mean, yeah, he has to work two jobs, and she doesn't appear to work any. I yeah, but I mean, also she's like pregnant <laughs> teachers. Teachers don't make that bad money. I, she's not even that pregnant, One thing dude. I, yeah, she's sorry. Go. Mm. This is off well, topic. I mean, teachers don't. Teachers don't make that bad money, like, that he has to have, like, a really terrible job on top of, like, his regular job. Thank you, Drew. This was the point I was trying to make during Glee. Oh, Glee was augmented reality, Jimbo, and you had to bug up your butt about teachers feeling sorry for themselves anyway, so you saw what you wanted to see. Do not edit that out. (laughs) I'm not. That's good stuff. I'm glad you finally agree with me. Thank you, Drew. I've been waiting for that. Damn. (laughs) No, 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 but Drew's right. I mean, teachers... I don't think they're paid enough, but they make enough. They're not in poverty. Well, I also want to push in, if this is pre-Obamacare, all of this is hella depressing. And even if this is post-Obamacare, it's pre. this is still... It's pre. It is pre-Obamacare, yeah. I bet, yeah. isn't it? So that it's still even post-Obamacare. This is still a bit depressing because, you know, like getting a cancer diagnosis is one thing, but also like him wanting to make a ton of money immediately is a very real thing, knowing that dying in America is expensive as fuck. It doesn't have to be, man. Um, well dying with dignity yeah i mean yeah dying with dignity but even still like i bet you going to the hospital in that ambulance was fucking nine hundred dollars and getting those expensive ass tests is probably like fucking he's a teacher he should have insurance he he didn't have good insurance to the emt yeah dude i I know teachers don't have great insurance teachers have young people insurance which means please don't get sick or get pregnant that's real teachers don't have great insurance okay i'm Um, on my wife's insurance i have great insurance I had great insurance in Arizona and New Jersey as a teacher, but but I can't speak. For, was it uh, was it? For, uh, I mean, but when you say great insurance, like, does that mean that your your out of pocket was low? Does that mean that your coverage was high? Because the thing is, like, I didn't pay a lot for my insurance when I was a teacher, but I also didn't get a lot, and my deductible is shitty. I don't know, man. I thought it was good. I didn't have any problems using it, and well, I don't you probably used it like in either. a very ordinary young person way, like. Yeah, I, I didn't go to the ups. emergency room because yeah. I was dying of cancer. I mean, yeah, like you you most really of put the insurance. The yeah, most of the insurance that I had when I was a teacher was like good young people insurance. Like, don't get sick, you know. Okay, that's fine. We we uh we uh can did we did we discuss yeah. that? Well, I mean, then? that's my thing. Is just like the economics of this show. I mean, they make it seem super depressing. And I mean, I don't know, Mo. You've watched the show later. Maybe the son is like physical therapy and that's an added cost or something. And maybe there's like the wife really wants to pursue her artistic dream. And so he's supporting her that way. But yeah, I mean, they're about to send Walt Jr. to college. They're about to bring a new baby into the world. Like that's an expensive thing. And also, I didn't. that's the one thing I wanted to say was I forgot. Or I I don't think I realized. And I'm so I'm glad I rewatched the pilot is how much younger Skylar is than Walt. Yeah, she's like 37 and he's 50. I thought she was 40. Oh, yeah, she's almost yeah. 40. Yeah, oh, dude. She's 39 then? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was oh, reading you know, 37-ish. 
I think she said I'm going to turn 40. I think she said she's yeah. almost 40. But did she yeah. say it imminently or just in general? I thought she said it. Okay. Okay. Either way, it's close to 10 right, years. Yeah. It's 10 um, to 13 years. And I, ne- I never realized that. No. But that would make sense why a 50-year-old would be having a child. Or, like, even then she's, like, pretty – she's on the on the older end of – Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she's on the north side of 35. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, there's a lot of economic shit going on. Yeah. And that's real. Yeah, I think that's those are. I mean, we're talking about low points now, but I think we're kind of we're we're talking ourselves talking out of the low points. A lot points. of highs. Yeah. You know, we're, we wandered yeah. back into the high points. I mean, I, yeah, this is a good show. Yeah. That was that was a good pilot. Yeah. So so I have I have a legit low point, and it is the brother-in-law flagging everyone at the party with his oh. gun, and there's a there's a round in it. There was. Dude, for one. Yeah, yeah, he, he takes, takes the round like out before he gives out. the gun to Walt yeah. Jr. For one, dude, no one even near law enforcement or military, anyone that's ever had any formal gun training would ever do that. Like that is absolute like hell no on day one. Do you ever point a gun at someone, whether it's loaded or not? And I thought like that was just such careless Whoever the director is must have never ha- held a gun in his entire life because I can't believe not a single person on that set said, dude, um, this guy's uh, in the DEA and he just pointed a gun at like at least three people. Yeah, that, again, with a round stressful. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll say this, Jimbo. Just yeah, lazy, The stupid. people I know who are gun owners, gun users, or like, yeah, gun owners, um, they are extremely careful. Yeah, most are, yeah. If they're trying to make the brother-in-law seem like an asshole, okay, that's fine. But trying to make him seem like he's a careless gun user like that, not real life. Yeah, considering he's like the DEA, right? Is that what he is? He His shirt said DEA on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shirts don't lie. He is an asshole. I mean, he, he, he refers to Mexicans yeah, as he, beaners. And they're betting on whether the guy, like the, the ethnicity of the meth cooker. So, I mean, like... Like, they do develop him well. They don't need to have him point a gun at people. So I really think that was just straight-up shitty directing. Also, does his wife, like, hate him? <laughs> I got those vibes. His, wi- his wife seems to know. enjoy the boxed wine quite a bit. She might be self-medicating. Wait, shout-out to the boxed wine. I thought that was also very telling of, like, of their economic status. All right, listeners, especially our, our Southern Oregon listeners... If you are in Jackson or Josephine County and you are in need of an engineer, wait no longer. Fitzgerald Engineering Services, President William Fitzgerald, professional licensed engineer, he is ready to do your geotechnic engineering. He looks at the soil and shit. To include such, such tasks as subgrade investigation, real estate inspections, or foundation certification and if you're one of those super rich people in southern oregon and you need some traffic engineering at your home he is an expert in sign signal and temporary traffic control design you can leave a comment on our website and mr fitzgerald will find it and contact you (laughs) if you're tired of hearing fitzgerald engineering services then contact us and you can buy out his advertisement slot all right, welcome back, listeners. Now we're going to move into our crab man. And so we we almost started talking about Marie, the sister, and she is my crab woman nomination. I think she is a super snobby asshole. And through her, her assholeness, she's able to kind of bring out the sister. That's my question. Like, is she a series regular? Because she seems like she's in. Well, maybe, but but like. Yes. The the original Crabman is a series regular, legit series regular, but he was barely in the pilot episode. That's a fair point. I don't think she's barely in this pilot, though. Minute for minute, she's probably in it less than the original Crabman from Earl. My feeling was that she's a series regular. Like, she's part of the nuclear family. Then, dude, I didn't think we give the things to series regulars, but you're right. The first Crabman is somewhat of a series regular. It's just the pilot, man. It's someone that, you know, someone that's kind of supporting and giving more than they take well in that case do we want to think about that dude bro who made fun of walt jr yeah possible if that's your nomination it's a possibility i mean we we gave mo just made a face um we did give um <laughs> I hated him. that award to 
that dickhead from Friday Night Lights for being an asshole. Yeah, Pete. Yep. So I mean, yeah. I don't know if if if, if the biggest part of the crab man is giving the most and taking the least. That guy has very little screen time and not a ton of lines. That's true. But he really pushes Walt on his arc. And yeah, that's a dude bro. You know, you know how we feel about dude bros on this podcast. He had frosted tips. <laughs> Great point, Drew. I'm I'm scratching Marie and I'm and I'm going for dude bro. I was gonna go crabless because I think everyone was so awesome, but I'm sold to Drew. Yeah. I'm sold on the dude bro. Oh yeah. Cool. Because that was an awesome scene. It was like a glimpse into Walt starting to break bad. It was. That that was an excellent scene. I, I didn't remember the pilot enough. And I, he left and I was like, no, Walt, no, do the right thing. And he comes to the front door. I'm like, fuck yeah. All right. So, Drew, good call. The Crab Man Award for Breaking Bad by unanimous consent. Dude bro from the weird family shopping store, which I also had questions about, but we got to keep it moving. So now we are going to go into MVP. Let's you know. Let's have Mo start us off with the MVP. She was the first one to watch the show. She was. It was a weird week. <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna give it to Walter. Okay, that's fair. Right, high point and MVP. So you felt a certain way. I mean, he really sells it. And again, it's it's hard for me to nominate with an unbiased lens. It's really hard. That's okay. So yeah, shout out to Walter. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to maybe just skip over him since we kind of talk, talked about him already is, is there something specific you want to bring up mo or no i think we talked about him enough in my high point and so i'm gonna piggyback off of that i agree that's a strong mvp drew what's your mvp uh my mvp was captain cook himself i watched a couple episodes but i've never been a huge aaron paul fan but watching this um pilot again his acting was so natural and like just really good. And the scene that Mo and I discussed off mic was when he's in the parking lot of the bank and he's like, man, like, why are you doing this? This affects me. Like, I just saw him as like such a like weird little meth head, slightly more intelligent than the other meth heads, or maybe not even more intelligent, but a little more self-aware. Um, I just loved his performance and so yeah, he was my MVP, and I think he's the reason I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this show. I think. Spoiler. I just loved where he was like, "Are you like crazy or depressed? Because I need to know, man." <laughs> I know <laughs> that part was great. Man, for our listeners who have seen the whole series, that scene, and then knowing all the fucked up shit that Jesse goes through because of fucking Walt, it, that scene was so foreshadowing it's it's so it's too much uh, again okay. anxiety okay. stress no spoilers honest john had just complimented mo on not spoiling shit and you know now he's gonna have to t- i didn't uh yeah well, Jess, jesse's gonna did, have a journey just yeah. some shit's gonna happen to jesse <laughs> cut it out cut it out no, well, i the, can't cut it out mo i was gonna i'm gonna watch the show out, man but yeah cut it out of my brain mo Okay, that is another oh. strong high point. I think Jesse. So this, those are sorry that that was a great MVP, and those are my strong points. I was saying the characters were high points. Now my MVP, I'm I'm going a little different direction. I loved the wife's hand job. That's my MVP, dude. She like this just is like the epitome of Walt's life. It's his birthday. He has the most insincere hand job ever. His wife is playing on the computer, jerking him she off. Cr- <laughs> she critiques him too. She's like, "What's going on? Yeah. Come on, yeah." And she's like giving him a hard time because he's like no. not getting on his hard birthday quick enough. His yeah. hand job. <laughs> she's like, "Honey, hurry what up was and she get doing hard." On the computer. I don't know, but she's she was really... selling her stuff. She was selling her things. Remember that shit that she like sells to people on the internet, and she wraps it up oh, and sends it. Fifty six. Yeah. She was like, "Someone bid fifty six. She's like gaming eBay. No, oh, that was she's like an eBay scammer. <laughs> Yeah, she's hustling. She's a hoistler. Oh man, but that but that was just awesome. Like that just like wrapped up Walt's life. He can't even enjoy <laughs> a sexual encounter with his wife on his fiftieth birthday, and then he gets hassled about it. She's yeah. like, "What's going on down there?" While well, she's like straight up staring at the screen, she can't even like look at him in the face. <laughs> what year did this come out? Because that's a pretty. This is a ba- this is a basic cable show. It's on AMC. That's a that's a risque. I'm move. thinking we have maybe extras. Maybe that's why it was 58 minutes. Because there was boobs in there. They definitely dropped at least one f bomb, 
if not more. You can do that stuff on cable if you do it can after you? 10 and if you tell people. And you can only do it like once in a while or something. Oh, wow. So you can... It aired in 2008. That's still pretty risque for cable. Can you give your husband a handjob? I think they don't really acknowledge <laughs> it explicitly. I think like standards and practices is crazy and it does matter when you air stuff. Like you can air certain things after 10 p.m. Oh, well, Always Sunny gets away with all sorts of shit too. In The Walking Dead or even Gotham, dude. If you ever watch Gotham, Gotham is one of the most violent shows I've ever watched in my life. And it comes on at 8 o'clock on Fox. Can we circle back to Walt's penis and say sure that while he was having a hard time on his birthday that the closing the ending oh, scene yeah oh yeah where he just his dick comes back full maybe force. i know maybe we need to change jimbo's mvp from the hj <laughs> to, to d no that's fine if you guys want to exchange your mvp for walter's dick go ahead i'm sticking with the with the hand job just the handy no i gotta yeah. stick with cap and cook but moe's okay. mvp was pretty close to walter's you know, penis. Yeah. So could easily tie if, that either, in, if either of us overlap. was going to shift to it, I think it would have to be Yumo. Just saying. No, I'm. I think we should all stick in our in our perspective corners because everyone did so well. There's too many MVPs. I don't think it's right to just pick one for this episode. Yeah, I don't no. think it's right that Walter White gets the MVP and then his dick gets another MVP. Like that just that's just <laughs> too much. When I let him know on Twitter, maybe maybe that would get a response from Brian Cranston. Maybe. I met him in Vegas. Wow. Was he nice? He was very nice. And this is before he did Breaking Bad is when he was in Malcolm oh, in the Middle. Oh, nice. I remember him on Malcolm in the Middle. And I was like, why is the Malcolm in the Middle dad making drugs? This he is messing with my just childhood. just made a transition. He was the best on Malcolm in the Middle, though. What? Yeah, he was, was awesome show. in Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, I like it when I hear that famous people are nice. Well, they're actors, dude. They're just not acting nice. But let's move on. <laughs> Listeners, we are going to go into dangling threads. And we might have a, a very quick dangling thread tonight. My dangling thread is the actor Walter Jr. And I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but R.J. Mitt? Might? Drew, can you bail me out on this one? I'm not a name expert. Mitty. I don't know. Mitty. Okay. So, well, anyways, I love the fact that the actor that is playing a person with a disability is is a person with a disability themselves. And I think that's that's really cool to see. And and I really appreciate that. And no, I kind of touched on this in the beginning during my high points when I was just yes, you did. all over the place with how much I loved this pilot. But I think that not enough people with disabilities get airtime and get represented and get, you know, their stories don't get told very often on mainstream television or media in general. So I just would really strongly agree with that, Jimbo. I agree as well. Um, and actually, I talked to Mo. I was like, is this a person who's actually differently abled or is this like an actor? And Mo told me that he is a differently abled actor. And also, I think, too, is that it's also a really nice nuanced performance. Like even yeah, going definitely. beyond his physical performance, um, the acting choices he made also enhanced it because he had a really solid relationship with his parents. And he did a lot of good acting um, in terms of like, the choices he made and how he made you feel, especially in the clothing store. And he's just a great actor. He's not, yeah. And and he actually has a, a cerebral palsy, the the same the the same disorder that his character has. That's cool. I I actually hear this a lot nowadays. Well, I mean, I'm sure differently able people want to play themselves on screen, but I also hear this a lot about um, shows with trans characters that there's not a lot of like trans representation. Oh yeah, that's another issue that's popping up. Yeah, cuz I mean, there's that super famous show Transparent and a lot of the stars and the people featured are not actually transgender people even though there are transgender actors and actresses. Okay, well. Dangled? Uh Mo, you got a dangling thread? Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that is that dangled for you, Jimbo? Yeah, that's dangled for me. Cool. You know, it wasn't okay. necessarily a, a long one. It wasn't uh wasn't race based or anything, so we don't have to dive too deep into it. <laughs> uh, um, you should play that sound effect, like the boing. That's a good dangle. I don't have it. Got it. Why don't you keep? Why, your wait, sound, why does sound, why does the ball bouncing sound like a dangle? I don't know, slinky. And it doesn't really mix well with the topic of you know a person with a disability, and they were having a weird there. little bong sound. This isn't drive time radio, Mo. We don't need lots and lots and lots of... I'm just trying to be like the douche on Parks and Rec. Yeah, you oh, sure are. That's well, drive time radio. Succeed. <laughs> okay, off topic, off topic. Can we talk a little bit about New Mexico and Albuquerque, maybe? Okay, that could be a dangling, dangling thread. thread. Go for yeah. it. Get in there. 
um what's going on over there i don't know anything but it was so it's so beautiful and i forgot how again going back to something i already talked about the cinematography of this show but they really do shed a beautiful light on new mexico but also with while showing the meth the methiness of it <laughs> oh yeah there's a lot of methiness in that new mexico and those Fortune. still shots to to open up the show yeah it does it, it gives you a great landscape of new mexico and just shows you how awesome new mexico is and one of the first cactus it shows is a choya cactus the you know the choya getting the respect it finally deserves right the fu- those are the fuzzy ones, right? The they look kind of fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, it's like segmented and it has spines. Drew, what's so funny? Mm-hmm. Drew, did I tell you a joke? I mean, you know what's going on over there? No, but I'm just remembering this thing. We're like, <laughs> well, two things. Yes, it's very funny that the park rangerness has come up and that you are immensely proud. I can't see you on screen because you turned the video off, but Jimbo, you're really proud nice. of this moment, and I'm glad for you. But also remembering, <laughs> I visited Mo after Peace Corps, and we went out. We were hanging out in her California hometown. And we went on a hike or we just went like walking somewhere and there were like a bunch of cacti and Mo was like, don't worry, I got this. But we ended up getting a bunch of thorns all up on our clothes <laughs> and we had to turn around and uh, cactus we talk reminds me of that. Cactus fruit, right? Yes, that's why. I was like, why we were, were we engaged in so many thorns? This sounds like, like a druid that I know that, that got attacked by a sea serpent and was crying his little ass off on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did that happen? It fucking happened in goddamn, uh, what's it called? Oh, it's an my island gosh. off the coast of Tanzania. Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Dude, what the fuck ever, man? That's a documented thing. That thing stabs people in the foot. That hurts so much. And this really nice guy came and like jammed a mango on my foot. So it happens a lot, so much so they know how to treat yes. it, which is mango to the foot. Mo, you okay. should have seen it. It was so pathetic. I'm not did, shitty. Did you cry? He almost I did, did not cry. I couldn't walk. <laughs> he was limping around. I swear to God, there was a six-year-old that got attacked by serpents, CC serpents, a few minutes later that took it way better than Drew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my it God. It was not as big. The needle was large. It's a fucking it's Wait, an anemone. Wait, serpents have needles? No, Is it's that... an anemone. Jimbo doesn't know what it's called. It's like, you know those things that have like a million sharp needles and in the center of it is something delicious? It's like an like... ocean porcupine? Yes. Okay. I'm just, yeah, God, whatever. I stepped dude. on it. Fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, listeners, I wish you could have been there, man. <laughs> Jimbo, I wish I could stab your foot right now and you would feel my pain because nothing happened to you, so That's you were true. not That's true. Nothing happened to me, it. but I witnessed a very young child... Take it like a man. <laughs> Fuck your toxic masculinity. Damn. Damn. Sorry. But take it like true. a woman. Okay, let's move on. Sorry. Sorry, sorry listeners. I, I just could not resist that. And we have a very special listener that's going to appreciate that story that was that <laughs> yeah, practically exactly. requested like, that from me. <laughs> Miss Nomalous? No. no, zero. Oh, no, it's zero. not zero oh, either. It's zero. It's actually oh. Forrest. Oh. <laughs> if, if I'm, hopefully oh. he's, oh. he's a... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oh, fucking Forrest, whatever. Forrest actually listens yeah. to this? Yes, Forrest is pissed off that he thought that our fake ads were real. He definitely fell what? for it. <laughs> what a fool. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, Forrest, Forrest we're going to we'll get, you, we'll get you on DB Podcast. Right, let's move on. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. It depends. Okay. I mean, that was yeah. a good dangling thread. Okay, so Mo, are you going to watch this or rewatch this? I would definitely rewatch this if I had the time, so I'm going to go for hella rewatch and... Jimbo, in the notes, you said you couldn't take another Dexter. This show is so much fucking better than Dexter. This show's a lot better than Dexter, dude. I never liked Dexter. You love Dexter for some like, reason. There's like actual aesthetic and art. It's like an art form, this show. I wanted to drag you a little bit that you even compared it to That's Dexter. That's fine. So yeah, listeners, um, I'm not going to rewatch this show. I watched the first season. I enjoyed the first season. But by the second season, I was just like... I don't give a shit about this circular merry-go-round of a storytelling. So me not rewatching it has nothing to do with the pilot or the first season. It just has to do with, I just don't really like these drawn out series that just have the same shit happening over and over again. And that's why, and, the, and that's why I gave up on, on the breaking bad is that it was, I just feel like I, I already know this story. I have two questions. One for each of you before I render my watch rewatch. The first one is this Mo. Time is a factor with you. We know you want to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you going to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. or rewatch Breaking Bad? Like, if you had the choice between those two, which would you pick? I would prefer to watch something I haven't seen yet. All right. So that would be the only factor that would sway me towards watching the S.H.I.E.L.D. I would rather right. rewatch S.H.I.E.L.D. than than finish watching Bre- Breaking Bad. You, the third season of Breaking Bad is everything. 
Well, I was going to ask you, Jimbo, I had a different question, which was, you say you don't like the long, drawn-out stuff. Do you ever watch British shows that have, like, four episodes in a season? Do you like that better because it's shorter, or is it just the serial nature of these shows gets to you? I don't watch those, but yes, I think I would. Almost every single show I watch on Netflix, I think, if it was, like, 13 episodes, I I'd always say to myself, it would have made a great six or eight episodes. All right, hey, guys, I got, I'm going to head out. It's been an hour. Hey, Mo, are you going to hoist or not hoist? I'm not hoisting. All right. We love you, Mo. Every damn hoistling. Mo out. <laughs> Drew, are you going to watch Breaking Bad? I am strongly considering watching Breaking Bad. The only caveat there, and I know Zero's going to enjoy that term, it's hard to watch awkward, uncomfortable shit right now with a kid. All right, sir. Be bold. What's it going to be? That sounds like no. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, and I'm going to see where it takes me. I'm between shows right now. All right, listeners, and since we lost Mo, we are going to very quickly, the moment you've all been waiting for, to hoist or not to hoist. And Breaking Bad, listeners, is a very strong not hoist. And I don't think Drew or I need to say anything more about that. We are going to go into the quest for the best. And this we are going to have a bit of a discussion on. But first, our word from our buddies over at Poop Culture. Greetings from Tromerville. I'm Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of The Toxic Avenger. You know, folks, when the Troma team and I are not making those great movies like Tromeo and Juliet and Terra Firma and Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, the Troma team and I like to kick back and inhale the most educational and entertaining podcast in the world, Poop Culture. Hello, I'm Toxie. Toxie, I love poop culture. Poop culture is the best. I like poop culture. In fact, I even look like some poop right now. You look closely, uh, kind of a poop. But I'm 70 years old and I want to blow my fucking brains out. So, you know, honestly, I don't even know why I care. The quest for the best. Yeah, I think we are going to have a bit of discussion. So, listeners, remember, at the end of every episode, we decide where this pilot is going to be ranked amongst all the pilots we've watched. And ultimately, we will find, by the end of this journey, the greatest pilot in the history of pilots, as well as the shittiest pilot in the history of pilots, by inserting this pilot into a pre-existing list. Jimbo, you want to hit us with the, uh, should I just go 12 to 1? No, who cares? Okay, no. 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 How about they know the what top, it is. The top yeah, two. Why don't you do the top four, Jimbo? The top three. Here's the one top Punch four. Man is coming in at number one. Number two, we have The Shield. Number three, we have... My name is Earl? Yeah, yeah, I think it's My Name is Earl. And does that make number, number four, four X-Men? we have X-Men, the animated series. Yeah, oh, I still... We still need Mo to weigh in on number three and number four. Because I have, I have lots of feelings. Because I have lots of shows now that I think are better then my name's Earl, but not as good as X-Men. And so I oh, I want to reverse those so bad. Okay, so... Well, why don't you make a suggestion? Because I because I already have a fair, fairly strong feelings on where I, I think it should go. So Jimbo, I think you're going to get mad at me, and I think you're going to disagree, but... Yeah. Here's the thing. I think that Breaking Bad is a better pilot than One Punch Man, because I kind of feel like we made One Punch Man the best pilot because we couldn't think of a flaw. You know, and like, it's a very good pilot. It's very funny. It's very smart. It does a lot of things. But I wouldn't define the pilot of One Punch Man as great. Or I wouldn't think of it in terms of like a great pilot, you know, like as the starter of a series. I think of One Punch Man's first episode more as a really cool short story or series of short stories. Mostly because it kind of ends there. You know, I you've read the graphic novels, but my journey with One Punch Man is over. You know, and so the thing is, as a pilot, I feel I really do still feel like the pilot should make you want to engage with the show. And so I think the Breaking Bad is also a show that just doesn't really have the flaws because we talked about it. There there was like a I, I like your gun flagging flaw. That was a good one. The more I think about it. But even that's, then, but that's not that big of a it's not of, it's of not an issue. And so, I mean, I think if we're looking I mean, at it's it's a huge low point, but it only takes up like one second of the show and it's very easily to like move on from there yeah and it also pushes a character in a certain way even if it's unrealistic it still gets a reaction yeah. from the audience so my thing is if w- i really feel like one punch man is our has become our de facto number one show because we couldn't think of a reason 
to dislike it. I can't think of a reason to dislike Breaking Bad, and I want to watch the next episode of Breaking Bad. So if the two things are even, I think Breaking Bad is a better pilot than One Punch Man. I'll say, in my personal opinion, listeners, I personally like One Punch Man better as a pilot, and and I agree with Drew, though, if I look at it as from like an, uh, a more objective point of view, it's not making me want to watch the next episode as much as Breaking Bad does. And so... I could support Breaking Bad taking over the number one spot for the best, the quest for the best pilot ever. I I don't think you're going to regret that decision, Jimbo. And what I think is going to be a very interesting discussion is what show is going to be better than One Punch Man, but not as good as Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, not as good as Breaking Bad. And like that's where the list comes in, man. That's why I like this format. We stole it. We stole it from another podcast, but now it's ours. Yeah, let's let's just make one brief prediction just for fun. Sure. What do you think's going to be the next show that competes for that one one and two spot? The thing is, there's some shows I have seen. There's some shows I haven't seen. I do remember This Is Us being very strong, although I'm not sure it's going to be top two strong. I don't know. We'll have to watch that again. I I watched Rick and Morty recently. It's a really awesome show with a really weird pilot, and it's one of the shows where like the pilot is not as connected to the overall show kind of thing where like the show gets better as it goes along. I'm going to say this is us actually is going to be a contender for breaking bad for number one, for number one. I even think it takes it takes a cake. We'll see, man. I think breaking bad or I think, I think this is us has a cool trick. And I think if you watch it again, um, we'll see. You're going to appreciate it, but I'll have watched, uh, 18 pilots by that point. So I'll definitely have a way more critical eye than when I first watched it. Exactly. Okay, let's let's move on. Are we official? Are we official here? Breaking Bad, then One Punch we Man? Are, we are official, yeah. All right, okay. Oh, man, everything's coming up Drew on this podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, dude, good job, man. You're really, uh, you know, you're really working it. It's a good start to the weekend. Okay. Yeah, sure is. All right, listeners, and we are going to move into Petardar. What's on your Petardar channel? And I have... Go ahead. I, I, have, I have a couple things, okay, of okay. course goes without saying i'm i'm gonna say that um dexter i would recommend dexter and i'm not maybe don't stick around for all of dexter because the series dexter is a mess but there's i would say season one and season four if you if you just want to stick with good television what's what's the season with john lithgow i've heard that's the best one season four okay season four and if you if you just want to watch watch the first episode and then go to season four, and you and and that would probably be the most enjoyable experience without without wasting too much time. Dexter is my favorite antihero, and we didn't really talk about it, but eventually, spoiler alert, um, Walter White is a super antihero, and he's kind of showing a little bit of of how that's going to play out. I think Dexter has a similar, as far as really intense drama that kind of keeps you in and keeps the suspense always high. So I would recommend Dexter. So my Pitardar this week is, I told Mo about this one off mic, but Breaking Bad did give me those little anxiety bubbles, those uncomfortable thought bubbles uh, in my head. But there's a show on Netflix, and it's a show on network television right now called The Good Place, and it is the exact opposite. Um, Low stakes, super fun. I'm not going to tell you about the premise. Or Shrek Breath, one of our our loyal listeners, will be super happy because he recommended this to me. But um, I called it the uh, Girl Scout cookies of television. You know, like you mean to watch just one episode, and then all of a sudden the box is empty and your wife is pissed. So um, nice. it's fun. And if you – I'm, I, maybe I should have been alternating Breaking Bad and Good Place episodes, Bad and the Good. Maybe you should do that, listener. There you go. Give it a try. Hopefully someone requests it and we'll watch it at the pilot. Yeah, that's true. It's a good call. My other recommendation, Office Space. Office space is pretty much like that first 20 minutes of the, of the show with just a guy that absolutely hates his life is office space. And and when I was watching Walter White go through his day-to-day life, I was thinking of Peter from Office Space. <laughs> nice. Just going through his day and like he goes to speak with a therapist and he's like and the ther- and he's like every day is the worst day of my life. And he's like what about today? And he's like yeah, today is the worst day of my life. And Whoa. the therapist is like, God damn that shitty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie. And I feel like that's Walter White. He tries to have like a teaching moment 
And then he just so quickly gives up on it, and he's just like, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, and listeners, next week we have Freaks and Geeks, and I think we're all excited for that one. Was that was that Honest John? Honest John? This is from Homest John. Homest John. I like Freaks and Geeks a lot. I am looking forward to watching again. Do you know what it's on? Is it on Netflix? Um, I don't know that information. Quick interruption, listeners. Last week I moved, and in the process of moving, I lost the box that had my microphone and my laptop charger in it. So my computer died while recording this. Shop Talk was canceled, and Drew closed out the remainder of the show. So we have a new intro by Jake Drew. If you want to contact him, you can contact us. Find us at pilotsandpetards at gmail.com, as well as on our website, pilotsandpetards.com, or on Instagram, uh, pilotsandpetards, as well as Twitter, at pilotsandpetards. Closing track is an instrumental track by Entheos. Freaks and Geeks is on Netflix. Real quick, we have one review to hit. It's by uh, Dami Two Strokes. Top notch pod, exclamation point. On February 14th, 2018, so it's a little Valentine's gift. Uh, five stars. Funny, intelligent, somewhat controversial. A few ways I could describe this podcast. I have enjoyed the episodes I've listened to, and I'm excited to hear more. The One Punch Man episode was amazing, and I really liked the debate over My Name is Earl, X-Men, and One Punch. Solid stuff. Hopefully the audience will hear a review of the pilot episode of Boy Meets World. After the thrashing Buffy the Vampire Slayer went through, I hope Boy Meets World doesn't suffer the same fate, as it is the greatest show of my childhood. Keep it up. Awesome pod. Thank you, Dami. And I work with Dami. He's a cool student teacher. And I hope when he listens to this, he gets to relax a little bit because student teaching is stressful. If you like us as much as we like us, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, For Jimbo, every day he's hoistling. And for Drew, every day I'm hoistling. Drop that beat, the bass.